Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this here show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 11, How to Read a Nonfiction Book. The most exciting title of all time. (laughs) I know, right? But before we get to what the title of the episode is about... We have some very important feedback, some follow-up from us. Very, very important. Yeah. Um, so one, one of the things I take great pride in, uh, Arden, is uh, being able to admit when I'm wrong about something. And I have something from episode five. So it takes me a while to admit that I'm wrong. Approximately 12 weeks. 12 weeks from, from this episode. But it's about LaTeX. LaTeX? LaTeX? LaTeX. LaTeX. Uh, So this is one example of feedback out of maybe a a dozen or two messages that we've gotten. Uh, We we highlighted, uh, do you remember the name of the application? Of course I do. I use it all the time. It's called Overleaf. Oh, Overleaf. It's a website where you can collaborate on LaTeX files. So it turns out there are people that use this LaTeX thing. Other than um, me. Uh, other I than, know. Other than Arden. And, and, and we heard from, from dozens of them. Um, here's, here's one bit of uh, feedback. I'm contacting you about becoming episode uh, podcast episode number five. Since you asked for feedback regarding LaTeX, uh, I thought... It's LaTeX. LaTeX. It's okay. I, I thought it Every would be academic great... is cringing. Yes. Uh, we've lost all the academics already. I thought it was a great addition to the list as somebody who is starting to focus more on academia after finishing my postgraduate degree. I know you had to keep the episode article short and succinct, but it was a real shame you didn't end up including LaTeX in the list since I believe you had a lot more listeners and readers that would appreciate this app than you would realize. And so I apologize to all of the people that were wronged by not including this in the article. Well, you included it, but as a footnote. As a footnote This is in what the you article, get for including my recommendations <laughs> as a footnote. And thank you for all of the uh, Overleaf and LaTeX users out there who have there are come to my defense. So, okay, to the meat of today's episode, though, follow up aside. Uh, Today, we're chatting about how to read a nonfiction book. Uh, Now, I have a question for you, Arden. Have you ever read a nonfiction book before? Is that really a serious question? It's a serious question. Uh, You follow me on Goodreads. You know I read a ton (laughs) of nonfiction. So, So you must know all of the ways to read a nonfiction book a bit better. I think that's a little uh, sophisticated <laughs> for me. I usually oh just my. try to squeeze in reading nonfiction whenever I can. So, I mean, that's my only strategy, really. But yeah. um, this is actually really, really good timing. Because There's an ulterior motive here. There is. this Because <laughs> there is good timing. Your The paperback version of Hyperfocus is coming out today. Like the day this, this podcast launches. Hey. So it's even got the little penguin and everything on it. Yeah. Like all the other classics. So it's very, very exciting. It's an instant classic, you might say. I mean, I don't know. But you and Jane Austen you share that penguin. So it's very <laughs> exciting to me. So there's one penguin between... It's like... Um, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with penguins. Both and it's one degree. Penguins. And it's me and Jane Austen. Right? Kind of? Sort of? <laughs> That's such a stretch. Um, but yes, it is very exciting. So, so we, we should, we should kind of give some, uh, some background because there might be a few people listening who aren't familiar with 
the fact that I write books about productivity, um, th- there might be a few people that come in from the website that that listen to the podcast. But uh, hyperfocus: how to manage your attention in a world of distraction. Um, I, I don't like to plug the stuff that I do on the podcast too much because it's kind of weird. You know, because people come really here for a really nice different piece reason, out but. of this book that I think is actually really useful and yeah. kind of highlights some of the stuff you'd get out of the book, but also in a cool way where you can get something really usable out of it right now. Yeah. So we thought, okay, what's what's a way that we can do an episode of the podcast, a self-promotional episode of the podcast, Ugh, but, but make it helpful for people. So that's not just, hey, buy yeah. this book, um, that, that it's a way to help some people out. And so there's, um, you know, as you were saying, a chapter 0. 0.5 uh, in the book. This is the thing when you write a book, you can do like, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a chapter zero and there's a chapter 0. 0.5 as well. And that chapter is called How to Focus Better on this book. And, and so in this episode, we're going to take the tactics in a non, there's a non self-promotional guarantee after this point of the podcast. We won't even mention the book again, but we thought it might be helpful to highlight some of these strategies in case um, you're, you're like Arden and you haven't read a nonfiction book before and you're looking to explore this, this area. Just to be clear, I think I read 41 nonfiction books last year. Okay. So just to not lead everybody astray. But yeah, this is also really, really useful if you ever, even if you're like a seasoned reader, there's always some, you can always refine how you read your books. Yes. All right. So, I I mean, we'll go through the list in in the book, but I think there are some other really good tidbits along the way. Yeah. Um, So I think, and the first big one, and this could be pretty much general to anything you want to do well, just put your phone away, (laughs) put it somewhere where you can't see it. It's not going to distract you, make noise. Um, So if you, this is going to be true for anything you want to focus on like your friends your work anything cooking whatever you want to do well put your phone away. doing a podcast doing a podcast yeah i don't even know where my phone is right now yeah. um but this really removes the temptation to just check in all the time so if you don't even see it or hear it it's easier to ignore cool uh another one mind your environment um and, and so you know this is something that we don't really uh, devote much thought to when we do certain tasks, but the environment that that surrounds us matters quite a bit with uh, with with regard to the tasks that we're doing. So, reading a book is a more aversive thing that we can do, especially a nonfiction book. Sometimes they're heavier. Sometimes they require more focus than, say, picking up a, a, a Jane Austen novel or, or watching some Netflix might be a better example. Jane Austen is great, but I, I get your point. Yeah, maybe people might have a bit of aversion to that. Um, but, but, but minding the environment that you have. So uh, ask yourself, how likely am I uh, to be distracted or interrupted, uh, interrupted as I read? And so it's worth moving to a quiet place, uh, if at all possible, or even just to a different room of the house with fewer distractions. So mind the environment. And part of that is, like you said, modifying the things that are in your environment, like the phone that you have. And if you do have a louder environment, I know I used to, uh, when I used to have a one hour commute on the bus to downtown Ottawa back in the day, uh, each back way, it was day. an hour each way on the bus, which can be a pretty noisy environment. I actually used to just bring in head, uh, like earplugs and then I would get two hours of reading in every day yeah. on my way to and from work. So that was pretty great. So you can modify your environment too. Even if you're on a noisy city bus, there are still lots of good ways to adjust your behavior and modify good- the type of book. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, reading audio is a good way to get passive 
uh, information. It's great for topics that are a bit lighter, uh, especially when you're on the go. So if you have that long commute every day, um, it probably won't work well with with every book, but it does work well for those lighter things that you can kind of uh, soak in by osmosis. Yeah, I know. I've I've over the years tried to dabble in figuring out which audio kinds of books work for me. What 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 have you found? So I know I I I tend to just gravitate to like wellness and pop psychology and and yeah. even some light econ books. Uh, that's kind of where I gravitate to. But if I want to read something when I'm listening in audio, if I want to listen to something a little heavier, like. Piketty's Capital or something like that, or Gunstrom's and Steel. Those are oh, books geez. that I've just read in, in hard form because I don't absorb it as deeply when it's something more technical. Hmm. So I think the lighter wellness, that whole genre um, tends to be what I gravitate to audio. And if you find that you buy an audiobook and you find it's too heavy, you find it's too thick, you can't soak in the information that way, Audible has this amazing guarantee uh, where you can return any book for any reason within, I think, 30 days after buying it. Um, or, or maybe or that... Libby is also free. Yeah, or, or get it from the library so, so you don't libraries. have to pay get for it. Get it from it. the library, <laughs> yes. So Libby, Overdrive, Audible, they all allow you to return books. Audible, you have to pay for it in the first place, yeah. which is, I mean, nice because sometimes the selection is bigger and it's more immediate but libraries are also a good resource and all of these ways to listen to audio you can also slow it down so if you want to digest it more slowly yeah another tip that that i love doing with audiobooks as another bonus tip is uh, to have the physical copy or a digital copy and the audiobook going at the same time and listen to the audiobook on 2x speed and and so the audiobook keeps Mm. you weighted to reading the book um, and so you progress along at a pace that you'd regularly read at because usually the narrator slows down a bit because you speak more slowly than you read, uh, typically. Oh, I've actually never tried that. I'm going to give that a shot. Yeah, so it keeps you focused on the book in front of you, but at the same time, uh, y- you consume that information and you consume it visually as well as orally. Uh, and so you, uh, you, or orally? Yeah, through the ears and through the eyes. Audibly? Yeah, audibly. Audibly. Yeah, I guess that's why it's called Audible, isn't it? God. Okay, let's move on quickly. Uh, (laughs) Another tactic that I love doing is keeping a distractions list. So I never read without a notepad right next to me. Um, You can see I actually got some fountain pen ink on the uh, on the bed sheets today, uh, on the white bed sheets, because yeah, I have my okay. fountain pen. At, well, yeah, it's nothing OxyClean can't take care and of. Beds but, are made to be lived in. It's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. Beds are made to be read in during yes. the day and evening. Um, and, and so I, I always have that pen and notepad nearby uh, to keep a distractions list. And so there are things that come up as you read. You think, oh, I have to uh, message whomever on Twitter. Oh, it, oh, it was uh, whomever's birthday uh, a week or two ago. Let me message them a Again, because I totally forgot. These things come up because your mind wanders a bit as you read, especially uh, if you're reading a more boring passage, for an example. And and so mind the things that do come up, uh, capture them so you can deal with them later and not be totally derailed as you're trying to read a book. Uh, This works well when you're focusing on anything, Um, when when you're scheduling some time for a meeting, Um, when when you're hunkering down on an important task, keeping that distractions list is uh, eminently helpful. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be that complicated. It can just be the back page of a book. If yeah. you're if you're one of those people who doesn't care if you kind of write on a book, which that I fall into that category, <laughs> you can just write on the back page. Or if you have an Alexa or a Siri or something, you can always say, "Hey Siri or or Alexa, please 
text me this thing and remind yourself later. When when you're reading a book, do you usually have a pen and a highlighter? In I your always hand? have at least a pen or a highlighter. If I'm sitting down and reading, if I'm not reading on the bus or on the go somewhere or like walking to campus. Um, but if I, so I usually have a pen on me. I mean, usually this is not a hard rule. I think yeah. you take reading a little bit more seriously than I do where I'm <laughs> just a read when I can kind of person. But when I do have something that I really want to focus on, I always have a pen with me. Yeah, always, it, always, always. I, I think this is something that is worth devoting more thought to. And so we put a lot of thought into which books that we read in the first place, but not which format for those books that we want to read them in. Uh, and, and so in my case, you know, I consume three different formats, the audio, the ebook, and the physical book. And so depending on which uh, actionable insights I'm going to take from them, I'll consume them accordingly. So if I don't think there will be a lot of actionable things, if I don't think I'll need a lot of notes uh, during a book, I'll, I'll listen to the audiobook so I can absorb it and act differently because of that. Uh, so that, that works well for more narrative-based books. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Kindle has this great feature where you, where you can export all your highlights and all your notes as you're reading a book afterwards. You can even uh, comb through them in Goodreads as quotes uh, right after because of that integration. And, and so if I think I'm going to need to pull a lot of quotes from a book, I'll consume it on the Kindle and buy the Kindle copy uh, versus if I really want to get my hands dirty with a book and hunker down and make notes and really process the ideas in it, I'll always pick up the physical version of that book because I know I can scribble in the margins and tear things out and you know go crazy and wild with it with a pen and a highlighter in the hand. So uh, another bonus tip, uh, be thoughtful about what version of the book you consume. Yeah, I know I actually never use the Kindle notes feature just because mm. I find it really awkward to type on a Kindle. It I, is. I only resort to my Kindle when I'm looking to have something mobile because I mm. hate carrying a lot of books with me. So my Kindle is just for convenience more than anything. I find the notes in the Kindle really awkward. They do suck. They do really suck. So <laughs> I tend to, if I'm going to really want to be able to reflect back on things, I either fold over pages that I take notes on in physical books um, or I add post-it notes because, you know, I love post-it notes. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. So we're on to the next one. So rapid fire. Yeah. This is great. Point. point. So, two, two episodes in a row, you know, you return and these episodes are like 15, 20 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, I get you on track. People <laughs> love my recommendations for Overleaf. Thank you. Gotta give me some more. You credit. make this podcast. <laughs> Arden Nordstrom. I don't know about that, but, uh, so the next thing it's actually kind of timely for me because about a month ago I cut out caffeine, mm. not in a, there was nothing really big that prompted it. But, um, one of your big tips in the book is to consume caffeine before you read. So I think about 20 minutes before you read is ideal because that's just enough time for the caffeine to start kicking in. Um, this is never something I have really given a lot of thought to because I'm, I drink caffeine because I love green tea and I usually just read because I have the time, so I don't really have a lot of forethought into it. So I never really strategically plan this, but I, this is definitely something I did when I was studying and reading ahead mm. of time and planning ahead of time for, for what you want to consume and, and really process mentally. I think caffeine can really help with that. Maybe that could be something we do in the future, figuring yeah. out how caffeine affects us. May, maybe for the next episode. We can hyper-caffeinate because you haven't had any caffeine yeah, I'm gonna be super in a sensitive. month and a half. Mm -hmm. You'll be so sensitive to, to caffeine. We can make a pot of coffee, drink it, then do the podcast. Oof, I might be shaking. Actually, I have no idea how caffeine affects me anymore because okay. before I cut it out, I was drinking a lot Two of caffeine. Two weeks from now, this is what the listener has to look forward to. All right. This you're is gonna good. You're going to hear me bouncing out of my chair. <laughs> 
Maybe. We'll see. So one final one is notice when your mind wanders as you read. Uh, So this is a sign that perhaps you need to recharge. Maybe your mind is chewing over the ideas that that you just processed in the book that you were reading. And the mind has essentially two modes that we flip through over the span of the day. We have a focused mode uh, where we're just focused on something. We're perceptually coupled to whatever it is that we're doing. Our thoughts, our vision, our, our everything is aligned to the task at hand. But then there's the perceptually decoupled mode where the mind is wandering. So we go from focused to wandering, focused to wandering uh, in, in a beautiful rhythmic way throughout the day. Uh, the research shows that we spend about 53% of our day focused, 47% of our day wandering. And usually when our mind wanders as we try to do something that requires active attention, it means we need a rest, we need to break, we, we, maybe an idea is about to form and so we just need to let it uh, arise to the, to the surface of our, our, of our consciousness. And so let it. Do the dishes, you know, do some chores around the house, uh, separate from the book, let your mind wander a little bit because it'll process and chew over those ideas. Uh, so those are the tips that we had. Yeah. And I think it's just important to mention these are kind of an ideal setting. Yeah. I mean, most people do not go into <laughs> reading this deliberately. No. They just read when they have a chance or before bed or whatever. And I mean, that's also just as good. It's just, yeah. If you want, these are most just tips for if there's something you really, really want to get out of a nonfiction book, there's something specific that you really want to dive into and, and get the absolute most of it. This is the best possible way, I think. I think yeah. this is kind of the best framework for that. But I, I think there is something still to be said about reading consistently and carving out small pieces a day. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look like this, reading Anytime is always better than not reading at all just because the conditions aren't perfect. Exactly. And this is one of those episodes where... If you did every single thing on this list every time you read, you'd you'd be a, a, a damn crazy person. Or you would never read. Or you would never read because you'd wait exactly because you'd wait for the conditions to be perfect and for the stars to align every time you sat down in front of a book. So, but take one or two or three of these things and do practice them. The the ones that resonate for you. And so a few things to try, you know, mind the environment, especially with your phone nearby. Uh, use a distractions list as you write, perhaps not with a fountain pen uh, on, on a bed. Uh, continually check up on whether what you're reading is worth consuming. Ha- have some caffeine before you read a book, especially if it's uh, not fewer than eight to 14 hours before bedtime, which is how long it takes caffeine to metabolize out of your system. So don't drink a pot of coffee right before bed. Maybe not, unless you're recording an episode of Becoming Better. Uh, Grab a pen and a highlighter, mind the format of what you're reading, step back when your mind wanders, um, and you know, take advantage of audio and the library because it's it's free books. And, And who doesn't want free books? And the Libby app is awesome. The Libby app is awesome. So finishing up, wow, look at look at the time on the screen there. You're welcome. Yeah. What can I say <laughs> except you're welcome? Uh, so finishing up, becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. Have a wonderful week. The book, the new book, is called Hyperfocus. Well, not new. It's out in paperback. Newly released with a little penguin. <laughs> with a little penguin on the front. He's very cute looking at me. He's in he the is. little corner of the book. Um, that You can pick it up wherever books are sold. Have a wonderful... Final plug. I promise no more plugs. But ha- have a wonderful week. We will see you in a hyper-caffeinated state in a couple of Tuesdays. <laughs>